Hello, hello, hello. This is Truth Be Told. This is Dr. Walter Aka. Hey, and this is Leroy Horton. And this is Dr. B. Bay here. Um, a little bit about myself is well, um, yeah. Current... Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. I was yeah, gonna say. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say. You know, uh, I want to have the pleasure of kind of bringing you on. You know, uh, right, as so cool, as cool. somebody who's known you uh, for for a while and and just kind of yeah. seen the transformation. That you, you know, you're not just, you know, one thing that we talk about in this podcast is we're just tired of doing the same old, oh, this doctor does this and this doc. We are going completely yeah. different. We're trying to get something unique. We want people to understand that dentists are people too, right? Yeah, we want them sure, to understand sure. that there's a whole other avenue to them. And you are literally, I mean, you're, you're coming off the left field. You are not mm -hmm. only a dentist, you know, you're also a music star. You know, I, I if you if if you go on your Instagram, you basically have some music going. You got some, yeah. I mean, you're an artist. You're an artist. So we wanted to kind of, I you know, we wanted to bring you on to basically tell us how you got into this whole entire situation, what happened. But the first thing I want to do is I want to actually read a quote to you, which I think kind of okay. sums up something and and puts a light on dentistry in general. Okay, and it basically mm -hmm. is from the Voyage, uh, Houston. It's an article that they kind of put out about you right mm -hmm. and and you basically said that you were inspired to do dentistry due to the lack of african-american representation in the field yeah but then here's the yeah. part and then it says and the institutional racism you faced while working in corporate dentistry yeah. that struck me yeah. so i want you to break that down and explain to us what you meant by that oh uh, okay so First of all, thank you guys for having me on this podcast. Um, going back to that, when I've talked about the lack of, uh, you know, my race in the healthcare, is I grew up, I didn't, even, I didn't even know what a dentist was. I'd never been to a dentist. Um, if I could recall, any time that I do, I did go to somewhere like a dentist. It was somebody of a, you know, a white white male figure. Um, but nobody of my color. So that's why dentistry never really struck me until I, I went and did my own research looking into healthcare. Um, so that was one of the reasons of me wanting to pursue something that I know that a lot of people within my own circle and environment don't have access to, one, or even know what, what all goes with the oral health. So and I didn't know. So it was very fascinating rather than just going to be a physician and, and so on. Um so fast forward to that, um, on the main reason, I'm not even gonna lie to you, I'm gonna keep it a hundred. On the main reason why I chose dentistry is because what happened was I was in a crossroad of, I wanted to be a pharmacist, but then I, I, I started taking courses and pharmacy was boring one. And then they had a whole bunch of, uh, chemistry courses, classes and stuff. Like you had to take biocal, but I say, you know what? Nah, this ain't for me. You know? So I was like, I went on Google, looked for different other healthcare apart from physicians and dentistry popped up and it was like oh um they they making 120k or whatever i'm like what like you making 100k just to clean teeth and maybe pull teeth oh i could do that all day you know what I'm saying? me and being so naive that's all i thought it was the dentistry. i was like oh yeah i could do that all day so that was on the uh on the driving factor but um going to the second point of the institutional racism in the corporate field is um you know after graduating uh, from uh, Howard College of Dentistry and you working for, I worked for like about a year, a year and a half to two years, you know, with different big corporate practices. Yeah. And you know that you coming out, you have to get your feet wet. You got to prove yourself in order for you to be in a position to, you know, own or whatever. Uh, so I felt like I did, I did do everything that I need to do to put myself in position, whether it's like helping them open different offices in different uh, states uh, different areas within the, within one state. Um, so uh, I thought I earned the opportunity to, you know, buy into a practice that I, I was sent to fully open up from scratch, uh, build up. And now we're, you know, doing out of, out of all the practices, uh, we're doing, we're number two and all the other practices being there for like a year, two years, some three years, and they were still not breaking even. So I saw that I was like, okay, cool. Like, you know, I done done my part. I didn't, uh, you know, you know, uh, checked off all the mark, you know, everything. So now, hey, it's it's time for me to own, you know. Um, that conversation came up, and 
you know, it, it deals with it deals with a lot of things. You know, one is yeah, I, I obviously I believe you know race is a factor because if you look at the ownership landscape in that corporate field, it's not a lot of you know minority owners. One um, and two is like they they kind of like look at the younger people as like you know they don't take you seriously um, as they would take their older counterparts or and, and they just feel like to them they felt like I was I wasn't that built. You know, they want somebody who maybe is a certain age, a certain thing, don't don't have too much relationship with their staff as far as like, you know, their dental assistants, all that stuff. But I ran this differently. I, I had my own style of doing things, which worked, but you know, I guess it didn't fit their their uh their liking. So uh after that, I was like, you know, I didn't I didn't I didn't really fight it. It was just like God telling me, like, hey, I have something big for you. So um I took that to the chin. And I decided to like step out in faith and um, go ahead and open my own practice. And uh, by the grace of God, everything's been Gucci after that. You feel me? So, so you're saying yeah. the institutional racism part was you basically built up their office for them. You were number two in the region for production, yeah. And didn't they didn't even want to talk to you about ownership, which they would yeah, have would if be... you were somebody else. Oh yeah, we know because you know. Uh, at least somebody like me, I'm well versed with everything that's going on in the company. Every any company I'm working on, so mm-hmm. uh, company company that big, they have different offices in te- Texas, all over the world, you know. So I I literally know people, um, or I would have people that you know that work on the higher end. They'll just tell me like, you know, this person just graduated, but because they know so and so, they got two practices, you know. You know, so a lot of people, when they tell you, it's the one thing that they tell you, okay, this is the road. But then you see other people not, you know, accomplishing and just getting, you know, basically like gifted certain opportunities. Um, it, you know, it rubs you the wrong way. So, it, it, you know, when, once I tried everything, I did everything in my power to make sure like, hey, I checked up all the boxes and stuff. And when it came time to do do that business, it was just always a runaround. So, yeah, it, it, it was definitely it was definitely something that wasn't fair uh to someone in my situation but you know that's something that really happens in this world and i wasn't really too shocked that it happened you feel me so so did they lead you to believe that there were opportunities kind of as a as a carrot to kind of keep you working hard keep you building and then what did that conversation look like when you when you finally sat someone down and said all right boss i'm ready i've I've done the work i'm ready how did they respond um so so um what was the one what's the question you asked me prior to that? No, I was just talking about the institutional racism no, and how I'm you talking were... about him. He, oh. he asked a question prior to that last question. What was it again? Oh, did they did they lead you on? Did they make you think in the okay. beginning that there was all this mm-hmm. opportunity specifically for you, only to yeah. keep dangling it further and further away? Yeah, yeah, no, no, for sure. Uh it was it was a wild it was a wild case because what happened was I was working with one corporate numbers and everything was doing good with the with the uh with the first corporate but i wanted a uh a broader opportunity i wanted to get better you know surgically and stuff and uh dr aka will know you know because you know uh I, I, that first practice i was with you know saying he was he'll be coming in and out from there and i told him specifically i was like man i got i need to go ahead and increase my surgical skills i want to place more implants i want to do all that stuff so uh, then that second opportunity came and, you know, obviously they lead, they tell you, Hey, uh, we, anything you want to do, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. You know, you're going to allow you to own after a year or after a certain time, all this stuff. So the, 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 the main thing, and this is what happens where a lot of people don't know. They think everything, like when, when corporate says something, that's the way it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Nine out of 10 times, they might not even know what, or they might be 50, 50. They just telling you what, what it is to get you over so uh, initially, they told me I was supposed to go to Victoria, Texas, right, and take over an office that was productive or whatever. The doctor there was just leaving. You know, they tired. They want to go move back to the city. I was like, all right, cool. You know, I'm young. I'm grinding. I go over there. Doctors try to change their mind last minute. So now they they up in a limbo. Like, what should we do with uh, with Doc here? So then they put them transfer me to Port Arthur. Um, I, uh, I started running that practice with the doctor over there left for Dallas. So I took over that practice, uh, started doing real well. So they was like, okay, cool. You're doing, you know, this office is doing good. We see what you're doing. 
uh, this opportunity to go to Conroe and open up a, a brand new practice, you know, from scratch. Man, I, I never did nothing like that. So I was like, oh, that's a challenge, you know, being able to day one, you being the person, seeing everything go from up and down. And that's why I took that opportunity and went, to, went over to Conroe and um, we ran that from the first six months, you know, the, the first couple of, you know, months is slow or whatever. But after that, six to eight months, like we were, we were busted, like, you know, um, and I won't say we were doing big numbers, but I, compared to other offices that around us and I, and I, cause you know, you always get to rankings and stuff, you know, we were doing pretty good for a new office, you know? Uh, so, you know, that's when that conversation came up. So we sat down and I, and I told them, you know, I took all the courses that they recommended because they had their own CEs, their ownership courses. I did everything. Um, uh, so it was like, Hey, um, I'm interested in owning this office. Like what, you know, what's going on? And it'll be a run around until I finally like literally tell them, like, Hey, you know, what's going on. So they had a, they decided to have come up with a whole new system where they wanted doctors in a, in a certain region to own, you know, like multiple of the offices in, in that region or whatever, you know? So the, the, the doctor that was in Victoria uh, was now, person in line to own the practice that I was at, you know, in Conroe. And I was like, what? Like, you know what I'm saying? This is the person, you know, I was like, I was like, you know what? All right, cool, whatever. You know, at first I'm like, okay, let me play it around because I, I knew things happened. And then what happened was the doctor backed out because, you know, money issues. And then they had on a doctor on the list. And then, and so they kept on going back and forth where they had these candidates that weren't even 100% sure that they wanted to own this office where you have somebody in the office that is ready to take over and willing to you know go that route uh and they just wouldn't they just wouldn't really pay no mind I guess you know again they was just looking at it from oh he's young um whatever reason it might be they they just they just wasn't going for it so um then then so I knew I had to start making my exit you know I had to start figuring out uh, what was going to be my other plan was my course of actions. And then that's when I started looking into uh, opening my own practice. So when I finally told them, um, literally, hey, that uh, I'm, I'm going to have to leave, you know, obviously they try to throw you perks and all that stuff. But, you know, mine's made up then. I'm a W2 person. I'm getting taxed stupid crazy already. <laughs> and I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to increase my earnings and stuff. And, you know, you just want me to be in this little puppet employee types. And that, that was just wasn't me. So, I let them know the day I let them know, the day I, I let my associate know that, that that I was training with me. He found out I was leaving. He went on and left first. <laughs> he left first, you know what I'm saying? And then so I left, I left after him. And then ever since then, even I, I was talking to some of the workers, you know, that, that I was still cool with. And they tell me like, even till now, like that office is not, it, it, it's looking for temporary doctors to fill in the space and all that stuff. So it's not really doing well. So it just shows like, you know, I don't know, whatever people, uh, whatever their, their egos or whatever uh, ended up coming back to haunt them or whatever. So, right. So well, don't, you basically... well, don't you think it's don't you think it's funny how they really feel like we don't see the game? They right. They do. And you you've effectively, even in this first couple of minutes, have ruled out every other potential reason. Oh, is it because I'm young? Oh, yeah. well, that owner's young. Yeah. Is it because I'm new? Oh, that owner. Like you mm. go down that list. And you yeah. beat every candidate, but still you're not yeah. you're not up. It's not your time yeah. at, at bat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. It, so, it was more. It wasn't more about people who were doing the work. I think it's more about who they really who they really liked or who right. you know what I'm saying. Like the favor, like you know what I'm saying. So I was like, who, they, who they felt comfortable with, who fit in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so you basically got out of there. Um, and one thing that a lot of people need to understand, and this is going to kind of explain your full story here, is you were born in Nigeria, raised in Houston, correct? Yes, yes, sir. that's right. Yes, and sir. so we have to talk about the whole Nigerian aspect, the whole cultural aspect associated with that. But yeah. you basically built your practice. You 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 got out of there, opened your own practice, because that's when I started noticing that you really started building up your social media. Once that yeah. practice opened is when you really dug in deep on that. Can you explain to yeah. me what the concept, what your thought process was with trying to really build up the social media? And then we'll get to the music aspect of it. But okay. you opened your practice, okay. then you built mm -hmm. the social media, and then you really started, you know, kind of falling into the whole um, culture aspect of being Nigerian, living in Houston. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, you know, even going back to that, you know, coming from Nigeria, being born there, coming to the, the States, you know, you know, we come here with a chip on our shoulder already, you know, because one is, you know, you got you still have people back home that will want to be in your position. So you're like, oh, you have to succeed. So we already born with that nature of like, hey, we're going to do whatever we, we have to do to succeed here and make sure we make our people proud who, you know, work that work their tails off to bring us here. So um, so uh, going back, going going forward to me, you know, leaving and opening my practice uh, it, and, you know, everything is. A lot of this stuff are like, you know, you never, however you tended it to start, it's never how it's going to end up being. So going over my practice, um, I remember DMing um, um, a popular Twitter uh, handle dude who talks about a business of dentistry or whatever. I, I, I offered to pay him, you know, a certain amount of money for his for maybe 30 minutes of, you know, just picking his brain, his brain and everything. Um, so he, he, he agreed. So we spent on the phone about 30 minutes to an hour uh, taking notes and, you know, I was like, okay, cool. Like, I, and I started reading books, you know, because, you know, everything everything that you really need to know is going to be in those books, you know. So I started reading books about uh, practice ownership, uh, being able to lead and all that stuff. So I was, I was working my way, building up that confidence for me to go out and actually take this big leap because it is a freaking big leap. Um, so the guy that I, 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 I asked for his time or whatever, he ended up really liking me, right? So... They they own multiple practices in Jersey, you know, Philly and all that stuff. So they wanted to break into the Houston market. So the goal was for them to come into the Houston market, you know, uh, open up four to five practices. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I have my main office, but then I'll ask like the managing director for all the other offices and kind of like, you know, like a, a, a love mini, you know, corporate, you know, here in Houston in a way. Uh, so that, I, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, let's do it. You know, we get into the process, everything going good. And mind you, they have a lot of these, a lot of the capital, you know. And uh, so they, they're doing all like, you know, the negotiation or whatever to fast forward. We get to, you know, we finally pick out a building, uh, a place for us to go. And literally maybe like a week before we're supposed to close at that office or whatever, they, I got a call on vacation. They was like, oh, yeah, uh Hey Doc, we're gonna have to pull out, unfortunately, because oh, uh, yeah, that because the situation happened with their their practices in Philly and stuff, and they they can they can afford to uh you know kind of spend more capital over here and try it's gonna it's gonna cost a lot of money, whatever. So I was like, damn, like you know, I we didn't did all this work, got this far, LLC is everything in forge, and now it's like right before, and I wasn't me, I was I'm thinking everything was cool, so I'm not saving no capital. Oh, uh, you know, I, I'm not really like you're on vacation. Money. You're on vacation. You're on vacation. <laughs> I, I'm on money pension. You know, so I'm on vacation uh, with with uh, with with my girl. So it's like, um, so when I got that call, I was like, what the hell? So I, I was like, man, it was two options, man. And and somebody during that time, man, and it, it said something that stuck with me. It said, hey, man, you got two options: either you be bold or you fold. Mm. You know. So once they said that, I don't know what it just it just it just does something. I was like, hey, you really do got to. And the only thing that's stopping you is that fear on the other end. You know what I'm saying? So, and then again, reading those books say you you know fear, um, you fear 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 is basically once you get over fear, then everything else is gonna be you know what I'm saying, Gucci. So, um, so again, the 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 quote that came in my head was fear, fear face everything and rise or face everything and run. So it's like, what option I'm going to take? So I was like, fuck, I was like, F it. I'm going to go ahead and, and go that route. So I contacted the people and they was like, hey, you know, you guys need to close. You need to sign off on this real quick or we're going to have to go to somebody else. So I was like, you know what? Forget it. I pulled up, pulled up money, um, signed a lease or whatever, not even know, not even having like a real plan of action. Um, and then uh, after that, that's when I went crazy. You know, that's when I, everything I was cut off. I stopped doing music. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I stopped doing music. It was literally eat, sleep, and breathe opening this practice. So I stopped doing music. I went full, full-fledged and uh, noting the business and making sure I had the right, you know, people, the lawyers to make sure everything is good. And then I still had to, like, kind of uh, remodel the office and everything. Um, and then I knew I couldn't just do a regular job. So then I started working in the Virgin Islands. I think I remember just, I went to the Virgin Islands and I work, um, 
Uh, I think I work like oh one or two weeks out the month. Hey man, you know, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. You just you said something that does not show up anywhere in my research. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, went yeah, to the yeah. Virgin. So while you're building your office, you yeah. went and worked in the Virgin Islands. How did you even find that job? Um, so you know, being in you know coming from Howard, we have we have a lot of doctors, you know, uh, kind of all over the world. Okay. And there was it was all it was this doctor named Doctor Jones. Who's uh you know pretty successful in the in the island? So he has practice in the Virgin Islands, Saint Croix, um you know um all Saint Kitts. You know they have Virgin Island. They have like the uh, the UK island or whatever one they own by the UK. You know so they have mm -hmm. so he has multiple practices everywhere. So uh one of my friends uh she was working there, she was working there. Um, can you hear me? Mm -hmm. I Okay. Yeah. Okay. So she, yeah, she, she was working there, and um, she was like, "Yeah, I think, I think you should. This would be a good opportunity." So they were telling me about this for a little bit of while. So I was like, "Hey, if they can allow me to come in for this, maybe you know, one week out the month, two weeks out the month, I'm not gonna be able to do full time or whatever, and you know, because I got this office running up." So I talked to the doctor. He was really, he's really welcoming. So did all the paperwork. Got um certified and, and everything to work in an island. So what what would happen was, as I'm building my office or renovating and everything, um that one week. And mind you, I had to already hire a, a, a office manager. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because because I didn't want to wait for everything to be done to then start the process of you know hiring or whatever. So I was like. You know, I want to play the right game. So I hired the office manager, obviously, you know, structure some weights or whatever. Hey, look, you know, learn all this stuff, build all this stuff up, you know, saying I'm going to be out here working and I'll be back to check in and check out of you. So, um, yeah, so one, two weeks out the month, I'll go to Virgin Islands work like a whole week, come back. And the good thing about that is unlike the U.S., the Virgin Islands, you know, pays much better, hmm. much better. Much I would like, expected that. Yes. Look, look, I'm telling you. Unlike here, what happens is, first of all, if you're in the Virgin Islands, you work for the government, right? Your 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 treatment is absolutely free. Mm. Your dental treatment absolutely free. If you're a doctor that's credentialed with the government, mm -hmm. right? So you you get patient there. You work for the government, USPS or whatever. You're you're hundred percent. The fee schedule is very very high. So I would do like maybe that week that I would work there. I would probably make what I will make in in a um in two two weeks you know what i'm saying working working corporate i'm not lying to you i'm not lying. let's say let's say i'll probably do like four days you know what i'm saying because friday i don't you know just it's a short day so let's say i already work four days out there out there week. that four days is more is more than two weeks worth paid that which you get paid here doing you know so all right so so, that, the, so the real question is why don't you just stay in the virgin islands and come visit here to have fun that's what they're, that's what they're, I, I that's mean, what they that sounds they're like trying. that's what makes sense, right? Yeah, no, that's what they were telling me. They were like, "Hey, you know, just stay down here, stack up your bread, you know, you know." And then by the time you a year or two go, you have a love capital to go and get you. But I was already committed to the game. I already signed my lease. All right, so and once I did that, I was already committed because I know, and I knew I also wanted to build something here. You know, saying Houston, you know, uh, you know, being around family and stuff. I wanted to. And I I wanted to really build something in Houston. And the only reason I the only reason I couldn't stay in Virgin Islands is because if I did, my music career would probably be non-existent. You know, uh, mm -hmm. in in the islands, there's not a lot of things that's readable. Readable, you know, like if you go into Walmart or whatever, none of that stuff are like easily accessible. So it's a lot of things that you don't have access to. So I was also thinking about my music career in my backhand because I was like, yo, I need to. I, this is good money, but I need to start making money to where I can now set my own schedule to do, do my music and also fund my music, you know, from that perspective. So it was a whole game plan already in my head that I was like, yo, you have to you have to stick to the game plan and go. So, uh, yeah, did, did six months, I would say did six to seven months in the Virgin Islands and then my practice uh, opened. So while my practice opened, the first two or three months, I was still going a week out to the Virgin Islands, you know, a week out just so I could have some brand. And then I had to make that decision, like, hey, you know, I know the money is good, you know, for you to go out here, but now you really got to sit here and build your practice. So 
Um, this one I decided I, I told the doctor he was he was fine, he was understanding. And I came back and I just started temping, you know, you know, uh, temping at different offices. And while I'm still like, you know, working through my practices and stuff. So yeah. And what what year is this? Uh, this is uh twenty twenty. So twenty twenty one is when that whole process was going. So uh, we officially opened the office in uh like May of twenty twenty two, uh for like okay. the general people and everything. So um, so twenty twenty two was like the real opening for like the whole world to come in and stuff. But we we were seeing people here and there. So you've mentioned your music career multiple times, right? And that's actually one of the main reasons why we brought you in here was because yeah. of the fact that you know um you're a dentist, but you also have a music career. Yeah. Right. And and so let's talk about this. And I'm gonna bring this with your um with your cultural situation. If you're anything like Ghanaians, right? We're we're either doctors, yeah. lawyers, engineers, right? You know those three. You yeah. know the three. And so you're a doctor. Mm -hmm. So your parents and your family's happy. You've accomplished yeah. something that they want to do. They brought you to the US. You accomplished exactly what they wanted you to accomplish. Then you mm -hmm. said you want to also be a musician. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but in our, in my family. My my parents would have thought that's I was that. crazy. Yeah, that's that. <laughs> so that's how did that. that how did that how did that whole situation happen? So and then how did that go so, over with your family? Because you said you wanted to build something for your family as well in Houston. Yeah, I'll tell you this, man. Straight up, my parents still don't really know that I really do music like that. You know what I'm saying? So they you don't have the internet. They don't have the internet. They had they had they had the internet. They had the internet. They had the internet, but they really just on Facebook, right? Right. So uh and and Facebook, I have my my old Facebook there where okay. you know I don't really post anything really and, you know, I do have a separate Facebook for my for my artist page. Uh my parents my parents, uh my dad is a pastor, you know. Mm -hmm. So that you know, music against that doesn't speak likely to whatever. Uh, you know, he's preaching or whatever the Bible teaches or whatever is just, you know, there's no, there's no if, ands, or buts about that. Um, but I knew, I knew I initially was going to go straight into music, you know, after my bio degree, but uh, something told me, and, and this is also looking at what I want to make sure my parents, I made my parents proud, you know what I'm saying? So that, um, that kind of led me to like, hey, you know, go ahead and pursue this, you know, and you could be something different. And you could still always, um do what you love so going i feel like god kind of like allowed me to go through that go go that route you know one because now i'm so much wiser and i don't have to be out here begging for you know money from the street so begging for a record label to come pimp me or something you know uh so yeah so my parents you know once i graduated uh they understood that you know i'm a grown man now um uh, and I just I just let them know like hey um I I got a tattoo you know so you know after being a doctor I said I got a tattoo so you know you can't trip I did it I did what I need to do so you know kind of some slack you know I think we have to explain a lot right so in, in any yeah. African family right if you wear a do rag you're a gangster already I remember yeah. that growing up and having to put do you're not allowed to do mm -hmm. that tattoos so this man is breaking a lot of the cardinal rules like <laughs> yeah but but i got the but i got the degree so it it kind of offsets it you know that's how you do it you know you that's gotta <laughs> you gotta give them something they like so so he can balance everything out oh but yeah uh but yeah i in all honesty i don't i think they they do know that i do music or whatever but it's not something that they always see up get put in their faces and stuff but they always knew me as the child that always gonna do uh, respectfully do what he he really wants to do, you know, because that that's just who I am. That's who I'm. I'm that's how my drive is and stuff. So, um, yeah. So they 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 don't really know the extent of how much how much music I'm doing and how serious I'm doing to the point that my my youngest brother right now, not the youngest one. This this it's five boys, right? So I'm the second. The the fourth one is also a uh, artist too, you know, right under their nose. You know, <laughs> and I don't think they look, know. Look either, what you so. started. Look what you started. I know, right? He's really, he's really talented too. So that's why I always support him. You know, if he wasn't talented, I was like, "Yo, end that." <laughs> you know, that's a, but, that's that's a great message, though, man. Because I feel like a lot of young men, especially black men, they feel that if they're going to be an artist, that's all that they can do. Because yeah. there's this fear of, well, if I'm not putting 110 percent in the artistry, 
yeah. that I'm I'm cheating myself, I'm cheating the art. But the truth is you have to be balanced. You have to have, yeah. you know, like like you said, you got your degree, so you satisfied your familial expectations. It opens up a lot of avenues you can walk in that you wouldn't mm-hmm. otherwise be able to walk in. And you're yeah. still able to do music and fund yourself if need be at this yeah. point. Right. That's mm-hmm. that to me, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I totally understand both sides. You know, when people say there's no plan A, I mean there's no plan B for them or whatever. Me, I feel like everybody has a different path. You know, everybody has a different path, and um, I, I feel like you know it, it's gonna take somebody like me to kind of like open up a whole different you know outlook on like you know uh, chasing your dream and still be able to do other things that can help you get to where you need to go. And because I ain't gonna lie to you, if I got signed about four or five years ago, ten years ago, I'll I'll probably uh, you know, I probably won't be, you know, still here as far as like fundamentally good uh, because it was so much learning that I needed to do about and know about life and about, you know, how to operate in life that, you know, a lot of times that if we, if God blesses us too, too early, we going to fumble that bag, you know? So um, looking, looking back at it now, it's like, yo, I'm glad I never, I never got, so I'm glad I wasn't discovered because now it's like, I'm really able to craft up a certain brand and be able to give, you know, when that time comes, like give people a full product instead of just something that has no story, has no uh, type of, uh, you know, product or no essence and whatever they provided and stuff. So, so, so are you an artist who happens to be a dentist or a dentist who happens to be an artist? Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, I would say artist because okay. I've been doing music. I was doing music since um, I'll tell you the way the when I started the first song that I, I heard because I came here I didn't know how to speak English right so you know in a couple things that caught my eyes it was football and hip hop you feel me so um, one of them they were okay hip hop that was a no no my parents heard that it was like you no know, turn that stuff off so I used to sneak in and listen to music and stuff so. Um, I remember one day on the radio hearing like Ti's song. Um, I like my top laid back. I like my B down low and my top laid back. So in that last little segment, they'll leave like the instrumental still going. So every day I used to just come on, like wait for it to come on the radio and write to that little last bit of instrumental. And so that's how I got my start. Um, and then I've been, you know, always making music low key. Got into uh, high school, met somebody that was able to start letting me express myself. So I really started taking it a little bit seriously. We did like the first high school cipher in um in our region, or in our, even in our state. That caught fire. A lot of high school people started doing it. Now college came and I was like, okay, cool. Like, let me, I got to take it up a notch. College, you know, did, did something in college and everything. But what happened was, is sometimes what I realized what really helped me was leaving the state of Texas, you know, going to D.C., because once once I was able to leave my environment, my way, I was able to create somebody who I who I wanted to be. You see what I'm saying? Um, because growing on, because uh, growing up and stuff, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why my my, my thing my thing died. Because growing up and stuff, um, you're you're always judged by who you were. You know, so people are like, oh, you rap? Get out of here! Get out of here! <laughs> But if you go to D.C. and go to somewhere nobody really know you and you tell them you rap, they're like, oh, OK, let me hear something or prove me, prove to me like you're right. It's more welcoming, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was able to really not become, OK, cool. I'm become Dr. B-Bay, you know. Uh, I really I really create a whole different persona um, and then really started putting out more music while in dental school uh, than anything. That kind of helped me be able to build my brand. So when I came back to Texas, I was like, Oh, he ain't B-Bay serious. Like, you know, this, this dude can actually feel it. He actually putting out music. So, it, you know, sometimes you got to leave where you're known and, and to be able to really uh, build yourself and then come back to the environment and then, you know, do what you need to do. So, yeah. All right. Full disclosure. So while I was doing research, I go on your page and uh, I think the first song I hit was, uh, is it Napalm? Yeah, Napalm. Yeah. Okay. And uh, obviously the video, the the visuals, is you sitting in the trap house, somebody's holding a gun. And in my head, like I hadn't heard anything yet. So I was just yeah. like, oh, brother, no, no, don't do it. Yeah. But then I listened to it mm-hmm. and your message, like that song was deep. So can yeah. you talk to us about how you formulated whatever your 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 desired expression or messages? 
Yeah. Um, so so napalm stands for not a product of my environment. Uh that that's that's the that's the name of the whole uh tape, you know. So that whole tape was just basically talking about different envi environmental situations that I've been been in or witnessed, or I knew somebody else witnessed. And, you know, basically, you know, at the end, I'm just summing it up like, yo, we've been through all this stuff, but you can stand tall and not be a product of your environment, not let your environment define who you are. So when Napalm, you know, that being the first song, that being the intro, I literally told the story of a, um, of, of a friend that I, that I had, a high school friend, you know, who, you know, you know, was, you know, he was, you know, we kind of, he was smart kid. He was a smart kid, but decided to, you know, if people don't go to college or whatever, they get sucked back into whatever the environment is. Um, so he he got into that type of game and um, ended up going out like that. You know what I'm saying? So a, a lot of time when I write things I, and I want to depict it so raw and truthful so you can feel like you're, you're in or you're understanding everything I'm saying. So, yeah, that was something I felt like I had to like put out and I had to like write and I had to show people that, hey, man, um, we everybody has a story to tell and we're all creative artists is one way or the other. And that was just my way of kind of like telling that story and just letting people know. So in uh, your um in your article uh, on twenty four hip hop, right? Mm -hmm. You basically said that you got your DMD, uh, DDS, mm -hmm. and you're unapologetically yourself still. So you're yeah. a dentist, and most people think dentists are you know what I mean we're we're buttons up, lab coats, everything. But you square bears, we're square bears. Yeah, yeah you could eat. You know, <laughs> but but you mm -hmm. say you're unapologetically you because you incorporate a lot of that into your music. Yeah, you are literally Doctor Bebe in your music. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Whenever you have the visual of the guy getting shot in the in the head, to explain what was going on, yeah. not being a product of your uh, environment, you're still wearing the lab coat yeah. that you wear to work. Mm -hmm. So how talk about incorporating your business because I mean you're running a business as a dentist, yeah. and now mm -hmm. you're also a musician, yeah. and you're incorporating all this stuff in there. Yeah. Break that down, man. Yeah, I, I I used to I used to always worry about mixing the two or um worry about somebody might think as me being a professional, you know, being in that type of stuff. And and I just had to say to myself, now I'm like, bro, it's so many other people just like you out there, you know, or or coming up that that's gonna be like like you. Um it's it's up to you to not sugarcoat anything about who you are and how you live your life. You'll be surprised. They'll be surprised if this if they if they see a lot of these doctors' playlists. You know what they listen to going to work in the morning. You know, all, you know, yeah, and all, all, exactly. All I'm just saying. All I'm telling these people. I'm trying to tell them is like, yo, whatever your your perception of a professional person is, get it's not. That's not it because people have people are come from different multi background. People have different cultural background and people have different environments that they came in right, but as long as you should understand that people can still be one and the other, you know, you can still be, you can still be a person who is super smart and educated, getting all these top scores in school, but still go out and go party with your friends. And, and like, like you were in, like you were in college or something, you know, obviously doing it very respectfully, you know? So, um, the how I look at it is like, I don't want to lie to these people. I don't want people to be like, Oh, this Dr. B Bay, you know, and then somebody be like, no, oh, Dr. B Bay is like this. No, Dr. B -Bay. no, I want you to know me uh for who I am. You're gonna love me if you're gonna like me for who I am or hate me for who I am. Because at the end of the day, I'm gonna tell my story. I'm gonna hope that that next kid that's from that from that area can see that hey, you could I could I don't have to change myself to be where I'm going to be. No, I, I could still be myself. I don't gotta be all posh about it and stuff just for me to get to where I need to know. So it's all about just being real authentic and not and, and being comfortable to walk in the room and be like, yeah, this is who I am. And you know, either like like it or leave it, you know. Well let, well, let me ask you this. Do you have to be inauthentic to be professional? Or are we redefining what professional is? Um it it it, it depends on uh people's definition of professionalism. Because everybody has it. I could, I could go in the office, right? And I could be like, I could see a patient and be like, hey, hey, how you doing? You know, and talk to him like in my normal slang. And a doctor would come to me and be like, hey, I don't I don't really like the way that's not that's unprofessional. And when you want to sound like very proper and very, you know, so everybody in this work in the corporate, everybody has their own definition of what professionalism. They're not like me. 
uh, posting a lot of my uh, content, you know, patient content, you know, uh, when I, whether it's surgical extraction, I always, I'm, I'm a very content guy. So they didn't like me recording patients. So, you know, everybody has their own definition of what they think professionalism start. In my eyes, I, if you're, if you're following every guideline that you, as a doctor, you know, when it comes to the way you treat your patient, the way you handle your office, the way you handle your staff and all that stuff. If you're checking off all the guidelines, everything else is a plus, you know, I don't care how you, how you talk, you know, obviously it's not disrespectful, you know what I'm saying? I don't care. I don't want you to be this fake person because a lot of time you learn that patients gravitate to that person that they feel is very, very real and authentic. Not somebody who's going to come to them and be like, Hey, how you doing? You know, I'm saying all these big words and all no. Um and, and about that, uh, mesial know, and interproximal and the patients exactly, like oh yeah. <laughs> exactly. and that's why I took that's why I also was like yo I have to also really do this I I owe it to myself and I owe it to the people that's looking at me because they when I left they was like oh this dude is done you know you know and then oh he's opening a practice oh okay whatever and once they start seeing that practice gun they calling me like hey you know acting like they was already you know cool and not knowing that I already knew what they've been saying behind my back and all that stuff. Mm. So, it's like it's basically it's basically like a challenge, and I and I love when people doubt me. I love when people you know talk shit about me because that makes me want to. Oh, okay, thank you for giving me that extra boost of energy. Let's go, you know, let's go do it. So you were right. talking about you were talking about kids, right? And that's something that I thought about, kind of just looking at your Instagram, looking at everything, right? Yeah. When you have a child, when you have a kid that sees you, looks up to you, and so forth, should they be yeah. looking up to you as the dentist? The Dr. Mm -hmm. Bibe, or should they be looking at you as the entertainer? Mm -hmm. Which way should they be looking? Because I mean, you 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 you're, you're putting up two different personas here. Yeah, it, it, a lot of times they they don't look at either or. They look okay. at me as a person. So okay. everybody that come is they see the dental stuff, and then they see the music, you know, or vice versa. They see the music and do the dent and. First thing is curiosity. Okay, oh, is he really a doctor? Is he really a dentist? You know, and then the curiosity start kicking in, and then they start wondering, like, yo, how's he doing it? Like, how's he doing it? So I actually have, you know, I have a couple mentees under my under my wings uh, here in Houston. There, you know, coming into practice every other day, shadowing me, pushing them to now be a uh, be a dentist. You know what I'm saying? Because obviously they didn't, you know, they didn't really know anything about it, or they just heard about it. So a lot of time is they they just curious as what this whole thing is going on now because they never really seen a doctor and an artist that's really pushing both you know and then it's too it's like once they see like hey he's all about business things are working and all that stuff then they really just kind of want to know like what's going on want to learn and want to kind of just hey so i never i never really i never really every time i meet somebody you know that knows me it's like it's always about like kind of both like yo like I feel I feel like now I can change my dream of being doing this and still be able to draw and paint. You know, I had people tell me that like I couldn't I wasn't drawing or painting because I was going to school and then and then when I saw you and I was like, yo, this guy's doing it. And I was like, yo, I should be able to make time to draw paint and all that stuff. So um I, I don't think they see either. I just think they see both and just kind of like everybody try to decipher uh, you know, what they want from it. Well, I like that message, man, primarily because if you think about what's put out there in the mass media as far as what we need to be as black men, right? You either got to be very square, very professional, right? Mm -hmm. Very acceptable to the majority. Mm -hmm. I mean, hell, we even had a, a president, you know, God bless him. But he had to be perfect and perfect in their eyes to get elected. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And we see that going on. And what I like is when you see someone that can be authentic at the same time, be skilled, Right. Because you've demonstrated your work. Yeah. You have all these other interests. Do you feel like is it the skill that allows people to accept everything else when they look at you as a professional? Do you think it's your charisma? Mm -hmm. What do you think is bridging that gap between someone that may look at you and say, OK, I see this and I see this and I'm trying to put them together. Mm -hmm. What do you use to kind of glue those two personas into one i i I think it's just i think it's the product you know um so it'll be one thing that i was like let's say when i was making music uh while in dental school and stuff i was still a, a student in that you know i was still a student in that way so everybody's like okay cool then i started making music while i was just working you know everybody's cool i opened up my practice now i'm making music so it is 
is they see they once they they look at the steady progression of of Dr. Bebe, right? And anybody knows anybody with two cents knows in order for you to be an entrepreneur and own an office and have to run the office and still be able to go back in and do uh put out great music and great content behind this is you put two and two together oh this guy's just serious about what the, what the, what the hell he's doing it's just serious like at this point you can't even tell me nothing uh as far as like uh uh talking about where i'm going in life and stuff so i feel like it's just the product of like what people are seeing people if you go and look at my dental stuff perfect you know everything is very good content uh, very good quality, professional. If you go go take it to look at it, and people are like, oh, he a rapper. Let's go look at his reviews. Go look at my reviews, five-star reviews. You know, everything. It's patients from all walks of life, you know, saying this about this one person. And some of those patients know know who I am. Some of the patients heard, saw me from uh, TikTok doing, doing my music or whatever. So I feel like I tell people all the time, no matter, you know, one, we always, we are a minority, so we always going to get initially the short end of the stick. We don't always be um, uh, talked about the most or be guarded to be, to guard it as far as them approaching us. But when the product is good and, mm-hmm. and, and when you are act, actually out there doing, you know, the best that you can and making sure, you know, you're putting out the best product, you're treating all, everybody uh, right, you're, you're, you're handling things the right way. Everything is gonna finally click in, you know what I'm saying? Because when I'm at right now, I'm at I'm at, I was like in a in a white predominant area, you know what I'm saying? As far as my practice, you know, I didn't choose I didn't really really choose to be exact in the location, but like the mapping that we did just told us to go there. Ain't nobody, ain't no white white women, white old man, none of them wanted to come to me. I'll tell you that truth. You know, they'll call be like, um, is so and so still here? Oh no, is this doctor? Oh oh, he's too young. Oh. You know, said they and sometimes some of them don't tell you, you know, your race or whatever. But if and I was like, I was like, here, don't worry, be patient. We're gonna continue to put this product, put this product. And then after a while of me doing so so good and putting all this content and people actually seeing what I'm about, uh, then all they don't have no issues coming now. You know, so it's like, it's like no matter what it is, is when you show that you know you could do whatever you could talk, you could back up whatever you whatever you're doing, or you can. Uh, produce uh, great quality product content, whatever. Then everybody's gonna have to fall in line. You know, everybody's gonna have to fall in line. So, do you think yeah. that your content? And I mean, I'm gonna put it out there right now. Twenty six thousand followers is what you have on Instagram, and that's mm-hmm. just Instagram, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that your content and all the stuff that you're doing is drawing in specific people, or do you think it's actually opening up to everybody? And you can be honest uh, here. Um, it, you know, I, I would say, I would say it's open up to everybody, Okay, but, uh, you also gotta understand that I put out, I put out a plethora of different types of content, right? Okay. So, um, and I guess, and a lot of people only see like Facebook, you know, or YouTube or what, I'm sorry, Instagram, Instagram whatever. but it's five different platforms. It's Facebook, YouTube, uh, Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube shorts, you know, all these platforms that I'm hitting with my content or whatever. And sometimes I'm getting more of this person. But what I will say is um, every everything that I do as far as content is calculated. You know, so for instance, um, I'm opening up my office, right? Um, your first year, you're not going to do real good, right? You, they tell you that. You're not going to do real good. Be happy if you break even or whatever. Um, me, I was like, in this day and age, the only way for you to to to... Um, how do I would say it? The only way for you to kind of like break that, you know, the 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 niche or or try to like try to do something more than what's expected is through content. Right. So I said, okay, cool. Like I'm not gonna sit my butt here and wait for uh these patients to come to me. I'm gonna go start uh doing some specific content and uh content tailored to cosmetic dentistry, you know. I'm not a cosmetic dentist, you know. I tell people that I'm a general dentist, you know. What I'm saying that happens to like cosmetic dentistry, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I say, okay, cool. How can I break? How can I be very smart to where I don't have to fall into this niche of like I'm gonna go uh, be happy if I break even first year. So I was like, okay, cool. How's how how much everybody charging for a veneer? Uh, what that fifteen hundred uh per two ten thousand dollars per two? I say, you know what? I'm gonna charge you half of half of it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, put that content bundle together. Uh, put it out on Facebook. 
Um, if you put it out of Facebook, it allows you to cross promote it on Instagram. It allows you to save money, so you spend on two platforms. Um, so man, I, I would tell you, like, I probably spent like maybe, you know, right now maybe like fifty grand on Facebook, uh, content and you know promotion and all. But revenue wise, that's like about four hundred something thousand dollars in revenue. Mm. You know, so from that, and that's just from me not falling into the pits of okay, I'm a dentist, so I have to do this a certain type of way. I was like, no, I need money now. You know what I'm saying? I'm okay with not making 10K profit or five or 7K profit. I could take, I could take the three, 4K because yeah. that's gonna add up. Right. And then by the time I'd have built all this content up and everything, and I didn't have all these people that you know came in, now I can decide to say, oh, I'm gonna charge, mm -hmm. you know, distance up. Now I could be like, okay, cool. Now so it's like it, I always look for ways to to want to do things differently to speed things up. Mm -hmm. So um, I mean, I don't want to get into numbers and stuff, but no, uh, a, you don't have to. Yeah, the first the first year we did pretty well as far as like a new office for sure. So, so so you graduated in what year? Uh, twenty twenty. So you was a, a COVID baby as far as mm -hmm. dentistry goes, right? And yeah. with within a couple years, you're owning a practice. Yeah, you're doing the content. You're doing the music. Exactly. And this and this is where we're going to ask some real questions. And I, yeah. uh, I hope you, you understand where I'm coming from. Yeah. I see you doing some advanced stuff on, on Instagram. Full mm -hmm. mouth reconstructions, laser gingivectomies, and so forth. Yes, sir. How did you fit in the extra training to be able to get to the point? Because a lot of people that don't know dentistry know that you don't go from graduating and, you know, if you even did anything in the year of COVID with yeah. everything being shut down, yeah. And now you're doing full mouth rehabs. Yeah. Uh, what did that training look like for you? Man, um, it goes back to the mindset. You know, a lot of times the big the the, the the beginning of everything is wisdom and the end of everything is fear. You feel me? So a lot of times people are fearful with attacking these big cases and stuff. I told Dr. Aka, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, we go back to when I was working that in that in that space mm -hmm. where we were at. I wanted to I wanted to be, I wanted to learn implants. So what I say, mm -hmm. hey, doctor, let me know when next time you do an implant, I want to watch you, you know? Hey, we did, you know, so, we did. So, so I was always wanting to be, if there was something that, because if there's something that's advanced that I don't know, or I can't fathom myself like doing, it kind of like irks this fire, like, yo, I need to know, I need to find out, you know what I'm saying? So, and that was the reason why I left the first place to go to the second place, because they allowed me more power to do all the surgery. So, there was that, that company was more where I was at. It was more surgery based uh, office. So that's where I got a lot of my surgery backgrounds where, you know, for my extractions, you know, um, even even some cosmetic cases and stuff. But the cosmetic came out for me just doing it. You know, uh, I tell my I tell people my, and some other students like, hey, when you get out, you work in corporates like a way for you to do everything that you need to do while you have a, a, a umbrella around you and people around you that's going to help you get there. So do do everything you want to do. If you want to do four mile cases, treatment plan them, try, you know, try to do them. Uh, if you want to do uh, implants, you know, find a way. Um, so all that stuff. So that's kind of what mindset that I had. And then when it came to like the other stuff, I obviously was reached out to some people, got connected with some people. So I took courses in uh, Mexico with implants and all that stuff. But um, everything else is, you know, what is the laser, whatever, all that is didactic. You learn it and you go and apply whatever you're learning. And it's really not rocket science, man. It's just like you applying yourself and you saying, I want to do this. I'm going to know how to do it and go do it. So that's why that's, that's what I did. I don't, I don't fear if I don't know, I go find somebody who know and ask them how, and then go, go from there. So, okay. But speaking of, speaking of rocket science, mm -hmm. there are, there are a lot of stuff that are, you know, I show you, you do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of dentists, though, will tell you that occlusion can be like rocket science. Yeah, and a lot of times, by the way, that's that's how you bite. I want people that's listening yeah, that's yeah, not dentists <laughs> to understand yeah. what Dr. Leroy just said. <laughs> right. So occlusion is basically how your teeth come together. Mm -hmm. Right. And mm -hmm. what what is your 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 background in? Are you, are you just still continuously, you know, seeking learning when it comes to occlusion, which often can come back to bite you three to five years after mm -hmm. you do whatever treatment you do. Yeah. Um, so obviously, like I said, I, I'm still, I'm always learning, you know, where it might be, I'm always learning. Uh, but I, I will say I have, I had a lot of people ask me that question, like, yo, doc, you doing all this for my places. How, how do you go about uh, balancing occlusion and stuff? Uh, and I would say, man, I have a, I have a real great team as far as 
the people that I work with as far as the labs, um, as far as like my my process, you know, doing everything digitally and stuff. So uh, I have not yet had that issue as far as somebody coming in. Uh, and like I say, it could be uh, something five years later, but I have not yet had that issue. Um, I, ju I just, like I said, I just do everything that I know from step by step, from prep and all that stuff. And and then let the... the uh, the uh, lab and the, the the hair lab techs handle that and they'll let me know be like hey doc uh and that's also a lot of problem people don't have great communication with their lab right so the lab would be like hey you know doc the occlusion is pretty high over here um i need you know we're gonna need to do this okay cool send me a reduction coping tell me how much i need to reduce it to you know so me and the lab have that a, a relationship with, to where that we're very you know we, we have there's so many cases together so we know how things should operate and how uh people should occlude in their normal bite and that also goes back to taking the initial scans, seeing the original bite, and try to always uh, try to mimic. Um, if if it's an ideal bite, always try to mimic it. But if it's just like a, a crazy bite or whatever, we're just gonna try to put you in the best bite possible. So the patients know this and everything. So I haven't, I haven't. Thank God I haven't run into that issue yet. But yeah, we'll knock, we'll knock some wood. We'll knock some wood for you, bro. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna. This is my last question. Um, but I want to kind of ask this question overall, right? I've realized the more I do these this podcast, the more I realize that dentists use dentistry so that they can do other stuff, yeah. so that they can make money doing other stuff, right? For yeah. example, a lot of dentists will get paid well, right? Because dental dentistry is a very well paying field, so yeah. that they can invest their money in houses and in investments like stocks and and other factors. They can yeah. get a farm that you know whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Are you using dentistry? To basically invest in your music career so that the music career kind of takes off and then you sit back and say, you know what, I'm done with dentistry, right? Just like with anything, just like with anyone. I'm hoping, I'll speak for myself, I'm hoping yeah. that dentistry allows me to retire early so I can go sit on a beach mm -hmm. right, with my investment. <laughs> That's yeah. what I'm hoping. So I'm, mm -hmm. are you hoping that dentistry allows you to then get into the, uh, the, you know, the music field so that you can leave dentistry behind? Yeah, I'm 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 doing I'm doing everything to to make sure I'm not be I'm not gonna be working in dentistry for too long. Uh, one is you know I, I was using dentistry before I was using dentistry to fund like you say stocks or cryptos or whatever you know. Uh, the, the, that's what I've been doing. But um, living this uh, the uh, back to what you said, you hit it on the head. Uh, the whole goal for me to you know go into this opportunity entrepreneurship type route was also to be able to finance my dream which is music so the goal is you know uh help finance the music a lot of music to take off to where i'm now earning uh income to where i'm okay and then you know do full throttle the music but still keep the business aspect you know um whether again is whether it's passing on the business to somebody you know uh colleague of mine or whatever or selling it somebody within my uh, my 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 circle, things like that. But the whole goal of dentistry is not to be here slaving forever, because everybody know that this this job is very stressful too. Like you know, the high the high over uh, the high turnover rate, everything you know, and then you being an entrepreneur by yourself, going against corporate all the time, it it could be dumb for sure. But it's gonna be a time where you got four or five babies, you know, running around the house and you still got to do all this work. Like, no. So the whole goal is I tell all dentists is like, you may, you want to take all the money you get and the profits you get that you can choose and invest it, whether you invest in that to socks or whatever, because you don't want to be 60, 70 years old and still trying to bend over and trying to do class two fillings and stuff. Like, no, it's dead. <laughs> well, now, now I feel bad. So am I the only one that really loves dentistry? But look, I'm, everyone's like, I'm just, I'm just using this until no, I slide out. Listen, <laughs> don't, don't, don't lie. Yeah. Don't lie. No, yeah, you, no. you had two offices that you sold and exited uh -huh. out of that too, right? And, uh -huh. I, and what am I doing now? Well, dentistry. yes, but I mean, do you dentistry. think you're going to be doing dentistry when you're 90? No, more yeah, than likely yeah. you want to come back, right? Well, if I'm not doing it, I'm teaching it. Right, That's but again, teaching now, and, but... and doing are very different, yeah. right? Yeah. You just, you just shifted to less, less work. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when we when we're talking about dentistry, we're we're talking about the manual work of actually it. doing dentistry. It's not right. talking about leaving dentistry as a whole, you know. Right. Because let's say if I wasn't doing music, I would have been looking into like you know uh becoming uh own you know becoming managing dental offices. You know, what I'm saying putting people on, training them up, and doing all that stuff, but not necessarily going in there and doing the work day in and day out. 
So um, the, the love for dentistry is always going to be there and it's always going to be done, you know, but as far as like, you know, the, 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 the work that goes into doing that and running everything at the same time can be real stressful and leaves you no room to do anything else in life. So then that's like when you know, like, Hey, you got to do some type of work-life balance. So, right. yeah. I mean, look at uh, Dr. Horton, you have a, you have a lecture series you have this podcast. You have yeah. so far. You haven't even you done dentistry. Do dentistry yet. You haven't even touched a, a bird. <laughs> so, crazy, man. so you're doing the same thing. It's just... <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. You know, let, yeah. let, let, let me let me ask you a question, Max. I, I really want to to give a parting, I guess, experience of yours that that I had mm. um, in a similar position. When mm. you did you did you have to get financing to open your office? Yeah, I had to take out a loan. Okay, so everything that I'm hearing is stuff that motivates me. You mm -hmm. had your back against the wall. People that were backing you pulled out. You, like you said, you had to be bold or full, right? Mm -hmm. What's it like for you? What was it like for you when you're staring at that piece of paper and you're mm -hmm. seeing numbers you're not used to? Yeah. You might be talking three, four, five plus hundred thousand, if not more that you got to sign on the dotted line that you're going to be responsible for. Yeah. What was that feeling like then? And what's it like now that you're, you're accustomed to the business, those numbers are a little bit more normalized to you. But what mm -hmm. was that feeling when you had to put pen to paper uh, to make that commitment? Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's, it's very, uh, it, I, it's very, it's very different. You know, I, I won't say I, I was, I was scared because I had got over the fear when I had to sign that lease and pay that big chunk of down payment. That's my new stuff was real. Uh, but it, it's definitely different, man. Cause you're looking at you coming out of student, you're coming out of school with already in debt, you know, and not all the, all the thoughts that goes up your head is like, yo, what if I can never pay this back? What if my office never worked? What if this doesn't work out? Now I'm going to owe, you know, the bank. And, you know, so it's just so much, uh, Thoughts of no negativity, and that's why I made sure that I read, I positively, I positively affirmed a lot of stuff before I went into that by reading books, by by you know uh, talking to people who own who own offices, by you know kind of picking people's brains. So I got to a point where, hey, it's gonna be a lot of stuff that you're not gonna know that might scare you. But look, you 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 read all this stuff. You spoke with someone. So if they could do it, you could do it, right? So um, at first it was crazy, it was scary, you know what I'm saying? But at the time I was like, yo, I just need to get this thing started. I need to go. I'm gonna figure everything else everything else later. Now it's like you know you're accustomed to those large numbers. You know, uh, you hear, you know, people people like, oh, how much do you spend a month on overhead? What you know, like it's crazy. You know, I would say that was still was crazy. Yeah. But yeah. also being in the business also. Uh, taught me how uh, delusional we are as a as as uh uh employees mm -hmm. when we been dental employees because me as a dental employee i could come out same thing and i'm saying I'm, I, I need to make 200k you know we think we think doing one crown and two fillings a day is it's a lot of production <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? It, it, you know it, it we just have this head that all we're seeing is what we're what we're what we're doing and what is the production, but we've never seen the back end stuff. We've never seen everything mm -hmm. that's going through. We never see how much they got to like, take off to do it. So that opened my eyes and, you know, in a different way, like, yo, I was bugging thinking I was going to get 250K coming out of dental school. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I ain't trying to do a, a crown prep in less than 30 minutes, you know, <laughs> it's like that. So, uh, but, you know, now, now, now it is, it's, it's very normal um, to deal with those numbers and stuff compared to what it was initially. But uh, yeah, it goes back to, a lot you're not gonna know i tell people you're not gonna know you're not gonna be for sure but if your will is greater than any other thing you're gonna find a way to make that shit happen so that's what that's how i kind of like look at it and just grab the bull by the horn dr okay. bebe please tell us where we can find you social media wise or whatever it may be and then we'll wrap it up here yeah um you can find me um on the main main page is instagram so it's uh at dr b underscore b a y um and through there you can kind of find all my socials so i have my link in bio you just click that it has all everything else from uh my youtube page to uh, you know my dental page and all that stuff so uh you could definitely find everything from my instagram just go on dr dr dot b underscore b a y and yeah 
That's awesome, man. Thank you so much for taking your time on both avenues. I feel like I was in Uncle Shay Shay room, you know. Well, listen, man, we can't end without giving you your flowers, man. And I think I also want to thank Walt because having this platform, one thing that talking to our people has has really solidified for me is how extraordinary our people are and the talent that exists. And even even talking to you just in this hour, we can both me and Walt can tell how extraordinary you are. And we've I've never met you before. Walt's met you before. And we see a lot of successful, mediocre people. So that's how I have no doubt you're going to go above and beyond in any field you put your mind to based on everything I've heard, because I've seen mediocre people get success. Yes, you're, you're destined for for the stars, my man. So I, I want to give you your flowers on that. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I mean, the only thing we didn't talk about was uh, Steve Harvey stealing jokes, but we'll talk about it in the next episode. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll start blasting dentists soon. You know? Right. <laughs> exactly. No, but honestly, man. Hey, listen. Honestly, thank you so much for taking the time. We definitely know how busy you are. Thank you for taking the time to just come talk to us, man. Really appreciate it. And getting to show everybody that there are different avenues and different dentists that are doing different things and they're doing it well. So, yes, sir. I appreciate the time, man. You know, um, I was glad to jump on anytime and just kind of also have everybody tell their story. Somebody else can be looking at this and just feel inspired or feel, uh, get that extra push that they needed to go do what they do. Uh, But before we go, um, you know, um, I have a new single drop today, guys. It's called Ginger. If you listen, if you like Afro beats, um, that's something that everybody loves, you know, so just go ahead and tap in. It's called Ginger. It's all on all on all platforms. That's G I N J A. Okay. You see how Let's you spell go. that differently? Yeah. That's that Afro beats. That's that Nigerian throwback. No, if you know, you know. Oh man. All right. Thank you, man. Enjoy. Right, right. Next one, okay? Yes, sir. Peace. Take care, man. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tooth Be Told. The opinions on this episode are just that our opinions. Please consult your dental professional before taking any action with your dental health. If you have any questions about anything you heard on this episode, please contact us at Real Dentist with an S. That's R-E-A-L, Dentist with an S, at gmail.com. We would be very happy to return any message that we receive because we love the communication that we have with our listeners.